This is Donna Otto, and I'd like to sing you a song. Oh, no, maybe I won't sing, and maybe you'll be glad if I don't. But there's a song written in 1967, sung first by the Turtles and then the Beatles, whose lyrics are rather repetitive. So happy together, I can't give you. So happy together, so happy together. I haven't counted how many times of so happy together in the chorus that it's been repeated. So happy together, 1967. The song just comes to my head often. And I'd like to talk to you about what I think might be some tools that we might be so happy together. So happy together. No matter what's going on, that we might be so happy together. The scripture is very clear to us about how Jesus calls us to be happy together, to be together, to be focused together. I know I've mentioned this a few times in the last few months, but if you haven't seen any of The Chosen, which is um, you can view on television and various streaming um, entities, but there are many beautiful imaginations of what the disciples did together, looked like together, Jesus teaching them, Jesus healing in front of them. They're getting to know each other, eating together, traveling together, and the wedding at Cana together. There was a lot of togetherness. There was a lot of togetherness. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 42, it said, they devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and fellowshipping, breaking up bread and prayers together. They did these things in the new church together. We are not a culture that is as together as the first church Acts chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, gives us this um, hard explanation of what happened to James and Peter, who are killed and imprisoned, but that was a part of what their being together as disciples uh, in the end would look like. About that time, King Herod laid violent hands upon some who belonged to the church. He had James, the brother of John, killed with a sword, and after he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the festival of the unleavened bread. And when he seized him, he put him in prison and handed him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intended to bring him out to the people for the Passover. And while Peter was kept in prison, the church prayed fervently together for him. Now, we know what happens in that prison. 
because we have the whole picture, but they didn't have the whole picture when they were living together. Uh, in a few minutes, I want to share something with you that's very personal that has happened to me in the last 30 days with what it looks like to be together with people. But I want to focus for a few minutes about what Jesus' intention was and give you an idea of some people who are real and who live in my life and what God speaks to us about, the unity that they brought together, the unity which brought, the togetherness which brought them to a mind of unification and what they were able to do together. I'm reading a quote from C.S. Lewis. God only reveals himself to real people, united together in a body, loving one another, helping one another, and showing God to one another. You can find that delicious, delightful quote in Mere Christianity. And I am, have, have had the privilege of knowing a gentleman named Kent Hoteling, I, I don't know him as well as dear friends who introduced me to him know him, but I have had the benefit of his musings, his musings. I'm not sure if any of these books are still available, but if they are, I'm going to get a handful of them, and we're going to have a little contest at the beginning of this year and find out who has the longest together story and then we're going to send you a copy of these books, okay? But Kent lived a life in the last 30 years of his life, and he's still alive, living in the northwest of America, and he lived a life of togetherness with others. In night and day, in every way, he lived together in community. I, I hesitate to use that word community because it has gotten kind of a bad rap. But Jesus was telling us that we are to do these things together. We're to love together. We're to work together. We're to share our food with one another. We're to be together. In the book of John, chapter 17, verses 20 through 23, and I know for those of you who have been listening to me at, at any length of time, you know how much I love the book of John. He says, I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent us. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one, as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. I can be disillusioned by the things I see these days in my country, in my culture, on my TV screen when I'm watching the news, when I'm reading a magazine or listening to a podcast or trying to figure out, is it really true that in January of 
2022, we're beginning the talk of what the next election will look like. I received two emails on my cell phone talking about how I should help each of the major parties in my country to elect the next president. They didn't give me any names, but to elect the next president. I feel like our president is just currently one year into his work. Uh, It's hardly a time to begin thinking about all of this pressure that might build up. The disciples of John the Baptist followed their teacher's instruction to leave him and follow Jesus. They asked, what are you looking for? Like many on a spiritual path, they were not clear what they wanted. Yet they seemed to sense that spending time in the place where Jesus was at home, they would begin to find their own home coming. God calls us out. Come and see, he says. In many places, he calls us to come. Uh, You've probably heard me say this, but if I should have a, a stone, if I should have a burial space, if there should be any memorial that had my name on it, I hope the words underneath it are, come, stay, stay, come. I feel like they're such powerful words. When I get there, wherever I'm going... Am I going to stay there? Am I coming to what God has called me to do? Kent talks about how regularly he would meet together. Once a month, they would gather for a day of quiet reflection, of sitting by themselves with Jesus and then coming together as a group, as, as, the, as the 12 did during the time of the life of Christ. They were together, so happy together. There are opposing themes in the world which shape the lives of individuals and nations. The first is this theme of distrust and disunity, and it plagues the best efforts of men and women to create fellowship and institutions to help people. This theme is often trumpeted by the arrogant and the ambitious in their raw use of power to accomplish self-serving ends. It's also played in muted tones of gossip and damning with faint praise or undercutting fellow workers in other subtle ways. The second theme in the music of unity and agreement, which is a swelling chorus, of the people of Jesus. That is an anonymous quote that just mirrors the pictures of John and the book of Acts and the community of Christ. What does it look like to live together? So happy together. I think it looks like two things. The one we've been talking about the last few months And that's listening and listening for God's direction. I mentioned to you Mary Gee's work, and I continue to read this thin little um, pamphlet-like material and recognizing what God is calling us to do in listening to him. What are the things that will help us be happy together? One, listening to what God calls you to do and obediently doing it. Oh, but Donna, sometimes it feels so strange. I have a young woman who I am just crazy about. 
and I, I happen to love women, as you know, and young women seem to be my favorite species. They're interested and creative, and they have such a long life ahead of them, and if I could encourage them in any way. And this young woman had said to me over the course of many months, I hear this little voice, this tiny voice, and she kept referring to this voice. And one day I called her by name and I said, so who do you think of this is a voice of? Now, she had already given me an indication who she thought it was, but she had never taken the strength to say, I heard God. And I did. I heard God and I think I should. And she described something that she used the tiny voice. I heard this tiny voice and she said, and I didn't do it. And I said, oh, what happened next? She said, well, I felt sad. And then in just a brief period of time, I had an opportunity to do that again. And this time I heard his voice and I did it. She called his voice and I called her by name and I said, that's God's voice. Is that the voice you believe to be God's voice? She said, oh, absolutely, yes. And I said, so you are in a process of learning to discern, is this God's voice or somebody else's voice? God's voice can be tested against the scripture. God's voice does not lead us astray from the plan of Jesus Christ for our lives. And one of the plans he has for our life is to be happy together, so happy together, unified together, focusing on Jesus together. This unity and this voice and the study of God's word will encourage you to face the dilemmas, the difficulties, the situations that we are all facing in the culture we live in. The culture we live in. Well, 33 days ago today, a precious son, a 22-year-old son of a very dear friend of mine, a friend my husband and I have known for 35 years, was shot by a considered life criminal. What's a life criminal, I ask? Well, a life criminal is a person who continues to um, not obey the law, which makes him a criminal, which allows him to get caught and persecuted, uh, prosecuted, excuse me, and then sent to prison and then paroled and have an opportunity to go a different way, but chooses to go the same way. And this life criminal um, shot our young friend. He had eight bullets that were dismissed from his gun, and many of them hit our young friend, 22-year-old police officer. <clears throat> when the police arrived, they arrested this life criminal, whose first law that he was breaking was not shooting our friend. He was breaking his parole. He broke his parole because I guess that's what a life criminal does. We've been praying for him every day the last 33 days as we prayed for our young friend that God would spare his life. <clears throat> the doctors told us that if he lived for 72 hours, it, his life, would be a miracle. 72 hours 
I want to emphasize that because it is 33 days later. But today I wanted to tell you that story, not only to ask you if you would join others around this world who are praying that Tyler will not only survive this indignity and pain suffered to his body, but survive it in a way that will bring glory to God. But I'm also wanting to tell you that what I observed in the last 33 days fits very nicely into So Happy Together. I've been a part of this family for 35 years. Uh, They are incredible, and they are large. I think the immediate family has something like 120 people in it. That's the parents and their siblings on each side and their parents, and then the children they gave birth to and their mates and now their children, and the number's huge. But more than that, they belong to a rather large church. And what we saw immediately was not one, not two, not five, but 20, and 40, and 50, and then days of fasting, and days of calling together in front of the hospital in a circle of 30 or 40. And every hour on the hour, every half hour on the half hour, we would stand up, and someone would lead us in prayer in their language, in the language of God, in biblical language, in common American language. Oh, we were together, so happy together. We would pray, and then we would sit back down. And I remember the first time after we were praying, I thought, well, what do we do now? This was a bit foreign to my way of going to the hospital to pray. I went to the hospital to pray and kneel at an altar in the chapel and pray. But these folks, they stood up, they lifted their hands sometimes, and they prayed. And then they would sit down and they would look to the person next or the person to the other side, and they would talk. Sometimes they would laugh. They were always crying and telling stories about their dear Tyler. It was such a delight to be together with them. I'm sorry those days are over, and they're over because of the pandemic that we live with in our culture, and it's increased spread of germs, um, gave us all cause for being careful that Tyler's immediate family, his wife, his parents, his parents-in-law, would not in any way become ill and be unable to sit by the bedside, which they have been doing 24 hours a day for 33 days. So happy together. I want to encourage you to look around in your world, in the world that you belong to, in your church, in those who you call fellow Christians, brothers and sisters in faith, whether they're biological brothers and sisters or not? Are you so happy together? The next time we're together, I'm going to talk to you about a subject that I find very uh, powerful and very difficult. And I'm going to dedicate that conversation about humility to a dear friend, 
But I found that in looking at humility, I discovered there was an ease with which being together was manifested. Because it wasn't about me. It wasn't about any one of those people in that family circle. It was about their loved one, their Tyler, who had been injured, whose life hung in the balance. And they came together in humility with each other to love, to sing, to pray, to eat, to talk, to sit vigil hour after hour after hour. So happy together. And I pray that you will have an opportunity to think through these thoughts about what it looks like to be happy together with brothers and sisters in Christ. Is there anything that God might be calling you to do in 2022 that would change the network of which you live in personally? And whether that changed the course of your community, your neighborhood, your church, your city, your state, our country, I don't know. But I know that you will find in the unity of Christ, the togetherness, the community that Christ called us to, a new happiness that you have not known before. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. God, make it a very uncommon day of looking at what happiness together looks like.